0: Welcome to Well-Versed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Well-Versed
1: podcast.
2: You've set me up perfectly for introducing Kevin Jessup, a mutual friend of Mario and me and Rosemary. Uh, I'm going to ask Kevin actually to tell a little bit of his credentialing, but he's a businessman. Uh, He moves in the government arena at the very highest levels of government, not only in the US, but in a number of nations of the world. He moves with the top echelon in the business community, and he's uh, been a pastor. So he moves in with the top leadership spiritually around the nation. And so that combination, that triumvirate is sort of his sweet spot. And he's gonna bring you some, I think some very encouraging news globally. What's happening, he has a good assessment on what's happening globally in the negative arena tough things, and he'll report that, but he'll also give you some encouragement of what is going, and to begin right now, we're gonna show a, br- a brief video, it's three minutes long, that sort of introduces Kevin Jessup to you and the organization he represents, and then Kevin, we'll turn it right to you. We're so honored to have you on. Thank you, uh, partner with Kevin in a number of things. He's the one who, by the way, did the, uh, in Washington, D.C. in September of 2020, that event called The Return which was profoundly significant, I think in our, in our American history. So we'll go to the video right now, then Kevin, tell us a little bit more about yourself in the first minute or two, and then jump right in and bring us a report from the globe. Okay,
3: let's run the video. America is seething from politics to the pandemic
0: Education, vaccine mandates,
2: abortion and the economy Gun violence surging in communities across the country
0: Threats posed by China and Russia Iran is on the precipice of a nuclear weapon The stage has
1: been set for al-Qaeda to reassert itself in Afghanistan Local violence and community violence is an issue
2: Inflation continue to rage out of control Be afraid,
3: be very afraid Is this the world you want to live in? Is this the United States our founding fathers envisioned? Is this the legacy we want to leave for the next generation? We believe there is a different way. We believe there is a better future, a future that God envisions for all his people. And we believe a global alliance of Christians can achieve this. We are the Global Strategic Alliance a kingdom relationship enterprise called by God to arise, align and activate God's people to accomplish his purpose. We equip, inform, motivate and offer resources to strategic relationships across all arenas of life, business, government and ministry. And we connect these entities with the goal of creating kingdom minded progress. We achieve this by using a threefold strategy. First, We focus on repenting and returning to God and the principles of His Word. Movements such as the Return and the Renewal provide an opportunity to ignite this awakening around the world. Secondly, the Nehemiah Project aims to restore America both physically and spiritually. It's the combined effort of rebuilding our nation by aligning families, churches, neighborhoods, and civic organizations to restore biblical principles in our everyday lives. And thirdly, the Joseph Mandate is dedicated to meeting the needs of other nations through public diplomacy, sound theological doctrine, and national planning initiatives while advocating for human rights. We have made it our mission to unite Christians around the world and restore Judeo-Christian values in every area of our society because we want to live in a country where biblical principles are the foundation of ministries, businesses, and government. We want to create a world where the body of Christ is intricately connected, and we want to ensure a God-centered future for generations to come. This is the call, this is the mandate, and this is the goal. Stand with us and let us unite the body of Christ to reveal the glory of His kingdom. Go to gsaministries.org and join us today.
2: Kevin Jessup, thank you. That was wonderful. Unmute right now and share with us if you would.
3: And Jim, thank you. And and Rosemary, it was great to uh, it's great to do so many things with you. We've been together in Israel, and we've been together in uh, so many cities across the country. And and uh, we were at your church back when I think we brought Jurgen Buehler and and Uh Susan Michael from the ICJ there. I spent a couple of years working with. uh, with Jürgen very intimately back and forth to Jerusalem about seven times. And, and Mario, it's always great to be with you, brother. Uh, I really appreciate you. And I remember being in your church and talking about the government anointing that God was placing on you and uh, to watch you go around the world doing the things that you've done in support of Israel and uh, literally bringing embassies back to Israel is, is quite, quite significant. So it's really an honor to be on both both of you. And uh, I miss being at your church. I remember, Mario, at your church, had the best worship. I mean, <laughs> the Spirit of God would move there, and uh, it, it, it's wonderful. So I need to come back over to the East Coast and uh, worship with you again. I, I, I love the Spirit over there.
0: So We'd thank you. It's to good you. to see yeah. you. I remember Praise when come. you ministered a couple times warning us about what is happening now.
3: Well, it was. Uh, it's. It's been. You know, back in. Uh, I think when I was 16, I went on the road full time. I was doing youth camps with Jack Hayford in the late 70s and early 80s. I was a youth evangelist on TBN when I was uh, in my early 20s. I worked with Jim Baker uh, 40 years ago when he started, and and uh, lived through some rough times there with him. But I saw God restore him. And uh, when I left Baker, I went to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I worked with uh, Jimmy Swagger. Got my first Ake's Bible back in 1984 with Jimmy, and uh, those were great years, and then uh, traveled, went to North Central Bible College and, and traveled all around the world and went into business and uh, ran a, a $3 billion company, and God was very good to us. We supported uh, ministries all around the world with the proceeds from uh, the revenue from our companies. We, we We started church plants and helped missionaries, and God's just been so faithful over the years, and and, uh, and then I, I had the opportunity, and Mario and I worked together on the, on the crusade committee there in Miami, where worked with Reinhardt Bonnke, and when he moved to uh, West Palm Beach, that was a very significant few years that I was able to spend with Reinhardt Bonnke. So it's just been, uh, it's been a great life, and God has been faithful as I look back. The one thing that I know is that we serve a faithful God, and he always is there, and he's always, it's amazing how you see how a God weaves together the body of Christ for the purposes of, of uh, his kingdom, and, and now we need that unity, that John 17 unity more than ever, and I believe that God's doing something in Israel. <clears throat> it's all about Israel, uh, and I think this One New Man, this great revival of uh, Jew and Gentile coming together is, is one of the next big points of this next revival. So I just wanted to get into a little bit this evening of uh, where we are and what's happening. Uh, uh, I just got an email today, Jim, from our good friend um, Robert Ilatov in Jerusalem, and we're, we're joining them and working on the, the Negev project, which is about 90,000 square meters, in uh, Israel in the Negev Desert. They're gonna build a a, a research um, academia center there, teach Hebrew, and and that that first phase of that project will house about 30,000 people, eventually up to a million people. So we're working on all kinds of technologies, communications, water, agriculture, special housing, all kinds of things, and and, uh, it's so great to work with our friends in Israel, and especially now, as we, we need to strengthen the ties that bind with, with, with Israel more than ever before. So I believe we're in these, these incredible times. I mean, Timothy talks about, it. I just, I don't want to preach, but I just want to say a couple of scriptures and then give you a taste of where we are um, around the world as we see um, the situation with Ukraine and Russia. And we see uh, China now. I was told that uh, from some of the people that I work with, in DC, that uh, that China is looking to make a move into Taiwan in the next ten days, and so we're we're watching uh, global prophecy unpack at, at at the rate that we've never seen before, and we see these you know Perry, my good friend Perry, always talks about these six kingdoms that have come and gone: uh, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, Rome, and the seventh kingdom, which lasts for just a short while which I think is being born out of this great reset. I do think that uh, when we come through major crises in the timeline, as we look back at our history, that when through a great crisis, we begin to see uh, things change. And and definitely this dark world cabal system is beginning to uh, set forth what they call the greatest change we've seen in our lifetime, the great reset and i think during that great reset they're going to try to do away with fossil fuels they're going to do away with fiat currencies and they're going to try to do away with all the old beliefs and old christian principles and foundations that this very nation was built upon so uh but then we're moving into the messianic age and i'm i'm so excited that we're living at this time because we're about to come out of the age of grace into the messianic age and I'm, I'm excited to see what God is doing in Israel and what God is doing in the church all around the world. So 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, but mark this, it's talking about the godlessness in the last days. There will be terrible things in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving. Uh, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the Lord, treacherous, rash, conceited, uh, uh, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. It says, have nothing to do with these people. Well, we see a lot of these people today, more than ever before. And um, when we go over to, I just wanted to go over to 2 Corinthians 6, there's a reason for this scripture. This is talking about Paul's hardships because we're seeing the godliness, godlessness all over the world, but we're also seeing uh, hardships, and uh, especially in the area of persecution throughout uh, Africa and uh, Ukraine and other places, Iran, as well as North Korea and so forth. So, not to mention China. But we put no, Paul says, we put no stumbling block in anyone's past so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the holy... Uh, <clears throat> I'm on the wrong page. Here. In the Holy Spirit and sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, had report and good report, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, yet known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on beaten, and yet we're not killed, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, yet possessing everything. So I look at these times that we see coming, and the scripture tells us about the birth pangs in Matthew 24 and Revelation, and I don't have to say them because you know what they are, and we're watching uh, prior to the return of Messiah, all of these things begin to take place. And, and yet uh, God gives us grace. I I look at some of the things that are happening and how quickly they're happening. And I think, Lord, what are we supposed to do in this time? And I, I, I believe that God said you're alive in this time. So there's a purpose and you, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. And I, I, I know you all know this, but uh, these are times when we're going to need it. And I also believe that these are going to be the greatest revival times of ever. God says, I'm going to rise for the sake of my own name. There comes a point when his name is so trampled and so beaten down that he stands up for the sake of his own name. And I believe that he's quietly been preparing his righteous remnant with the spirit of Elijah. And we're about to arise with him and we're seeing the greatest revival of all time. It's going to come through the Muslim nations. We're going to see a billion soul harvest, I believe. And God's going to do it by the by the movement of his sovereign hand. He's going to do it. So I want to just talk quickly about um, and tell me our time, uh, because I don't want to take too much time here, Jim. But I wanted to go over some of the things that are happening and then give some verses of scripture for our hope. Okay, you go, you go right ahead, brother. You you got like take another 15, 20 minutes if you need to. Well, I wanted to say some things here that are happening that, uh, we actually, I preached this message in Tennessee and YouTube pulled it down. They gave us a strike and said, uh, you're, you're done. And, and we lost 50,000 YouTube followers because of this message. So I just want to touch some of the high points of the message. Thank you for helping us so much with our YouTube friends. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I am telling you, uh, we're observing the Federal Reserve and the Chinese Communist Party as Chinese defectors, a warning of a possible new coronavirus release, and there's many others coming, they say, in the US alongside China's simultaneous Taiwan invasion. I'm just gonna give you some points here, and they're, they're bad points, so don't, don't feel like I'm giving you negative stuff because there's a lot of hope to come. But Chinese president is pledging complete reunification with Taiwan, World War Three fears, are beginning as Chinese state media reveals a three-stage battle plan to invade Taiwan as the US stages war games in the Pacific right now. Japan officials warn US a potential surprise attack on Hawaii from Russia and China, and the Chinese military is linked to cyber attacks and regarding oil major exodus on Iraq creates uh, an opportunity for China. With COVID, China picks the UAE to make millions of vaccines boosting Gulf ties as the UAE becomes the world's most vaccinated. Five out of six vaccinated countries with the highest COVID infection rates rely on Chinese vaccines. In Israel, F-35s are working together in fifth generation drills alongside UK and Americans, and uh, the Israeli nanotech now is using body energy to generate power for pacemakers and more. So we continue to see tremendous strides in technology coming out of Israel. But as the scripture says in the days of Noah and Lot, the Netflix and Obama's gayification of the American culture is continuing. Disney removes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from parks, greetings to be more gender inclusive. And thank God for our governor here in Florida, Ron DeSantis, who just stood up to this. Apostasy in the church, Biden's war on children. We're watching the great realignment. We're watching uh, we, we've heard about a, f- a future economic pandemic shutdown and a universal basic income, what they call a UBI. And then, of course, we have ESG, the Environmental Social Governance. It's all tied into a credit scoring system, such as what China is already using. And, and uh, compliance will be mandatory as the corporate world is now aligned with this system as their public reports now include their corporate inclusiveness on all compliance information regarding their stance on the environment, social justice issues, and governance. These items have never before been such a part of a corporation's year-end reports, but today they've all been involved in this new standard of alignment as it now involves their credit and their image. we see this in the Vatican's website of inclusiveness. The credit system has a scoring component, which also now includes uh, you and I under their plan. And their free, our freedoms will be controlled uh, by your personal carbon footprint, your compliance with their definition of social justice issues, and 21st century fascism and oversight by this new global standards of this beast antichrist system. All of the 20 major banks in America have signed on to this system. And there are three quick points that I just wanna point out tonight. I'm gonna to blow off the lid on some of this new astounding plan that's being unleashed on you and me and everyone across the nation here by the United States government. It's amazing. With a full backing of some of the most powerful corporations in America, it's being pitched as a good thing by folks like Bill Gates and his friends at the World Economic Forum. And I'm not saying this to scare anybody, but when this plan goes into effect, I expect something very strange to happen. And privacy will become a thing of the past. The way we borrow, spend, save, and invest could be turned inside out. And if a small group of powerful elites get their way, money as we know it could literally disappear in the next few months. And it was 9.07 a.m. on a Monday morning while most people were eating breakfast. They're watching yet another hysterical pandemic update on the morning news, and a dangerous plan was hatched in our nation's capital. It was published by Forbes magazine, and as quickly as it appeared, it vanished, and uh, it you gotta wonder what is it that they didn't want us to see. And at the core of this plan is a multi-trillion dollar scheme endorsed by the likes of the Clinton Foundation, the United Nations, the International Monetary Fund, the Federal Reserve, and even Bill Gates. And nobody will be immune from the widespread effects. And it's all set to begin and become an instant reality with the help from Microsoft and a troubling new patent. The list includes dozens of U.S. corporations, banks, and power brokers. and They're all scrambling to prepare for what's coming next. And some companies like McDonald's, Disney, Shake Shack, Starbucks, Panera, Walmart, Whole Foods, they've all beta tested this new system, and it's in the first steps. The dollar, as we know it, is being permanently dismantled and in broad daylight right under our noses. And I'm going to show you major corporations like Microsoft, Visa, and others, are feverishly building out this infrastructure that will overhaul our entire financial system. Over the years, every bit of value has been stripped from our money. First it was gold, then it was paper. And now our money could disappear altogether. And it will. And it has to, uh, according to scripture, it will for this new system to come in to be replaced by a new type of dollar that will permanently change the function of our money from a uh, a simple medium of exchange and a store of value, and it would be nothing more than another elite-driven coup in disguise. Driven by the likes of big tech Bill Gates and a handful of lawmakers in Washington, D.C., on March 9th of 2022, uh, Biden uh, passed an executive order for what is coming to be known as the Fed coin. Here's the three things very quickly, and then we'll move into some encouraging news. Number one, the document, they did not want you to see. and I started to connect the dots and realize the urgency of this scheme when I came across a single section in a bill that was submitted to Congress in the early days of the pandemic. It was an early draft of the Take Responsibility for Workers and Families Act. It was a bill submitted uh, by California Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi in response to the pandemic. But a few days after it was introduced, it was quickly redacted, scrubbed from existence, But on page 314 of a 1,000-plus page draft in section 101, it's called the Direct Stimulus Payments for Families. And right there in plain black and white, Pelosi's plan calls for creation of a new digital dollar, dollar along with a digital wallet. And therefore, the elites are planning a huge change to the foundation of our financial system and under the cover of a global crisis. In Pelosi's new bill, the digital dollar was presented as a useful way for Americans to receive future stimulus payments, but in the final bill, there was no digital language concerning this dollar, but instead a brand new Senate bill, almost identical in nature and backed by a senator with close ties to the Clinton family, surfaced the very next day. And this new bill is being reviewed by the highest levels of Congress today and if my research is correct, it could pass into law in the next 90 days. This digital dollar, which is introduced to Congress in a bill dated March 23rd, 2020, it's all being done in the background and few can see the big picture, but the public is distracted fighting against each other. The elites are moving quickly on their plan to end cash. Most of you may know all of this quickly. Number two, there are twin patents. These are the smoking guns for complete overhaul of American financial system. And we take a look at the alarming new technology uh, that Microsoft just patented. And of course, we pay close attention to the patent number, which is 060606. And it is a cryptocurrency system using body activity data. Microsoft has invented a system that can sense things like a person's movement, body temperature, heart rate, uh, eye activity blood fo- flow and even our brain waves and in order to track our body's activity and transmitted digital currency wirelessly this creepy technology will allow the elites to roll out the digital digital dollar immediately and get this this patent came out three days after pelosi's digital dollar bill came to light and uh and and even what's more amazing is what I'm going to say next. And I think it's apparent to all of us this is not a coincidence. There's another patent that was revealed just weeks ago after Microsoft released the first patent. This one was filed by Visa for a digital fiat currency. This causes the removal of the physical cash from circulation in the fiat currency system. They're planning to physically destroy the dollars. Visa, Microsoft, and Bill Gates are linked to Nancy Pelosi's new money plan. And years ago, Bill Gates pledged to give away his billions of dollars to charitable causes, including vaccine research, family planning, and for poor countries. And one of Gates's lesser known initiatives, it's called the Better Than Cash Alliance. The goal of the Better Than Cash Alliance from their own website is to accelerate the global transition from cash to digital payments. Citibank is involved, Ford, Coca-Cola, MasterCard, and of course, Visa, and many other companies. And they're working with powerful organizations like the Clinton Development Initiative, United Nations, USAID, the Global Fund, UNICEF, United Nations Population Fund, and in all, the Better Than Cash Alliance now includes 80 world governments, some of the biggest companies, and major international organizations. Point number three, the ID2020. This is the final dot that ties it all together. ID2020 and the partners launch a program to provide a digital ID with vaccines. ID2020 is a global partnership involving GAVI. G A V I. It's a vaccine-focused alliance founded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, along with Microsoft and the Rockefeller Foundation. From the ID2020 website itself, their goal is to set the global standards for a personal digital ID. They could tie together e-passports, driver's license, debit and credit cards, transit passes, and health records all in a single digital ID. In other words, a digital ID that could tie our entire lives together, including a digital dollar. And Bill Gates is using his vast wealth, power, and government connections to oppose cash and usher in a digital US dollar, which I expect will be combined with a digital ID, health records, contact information, and so much more and the cash in your pocket will soon be replaced with digital cash. This is what's coming. So today, America is at a four-lane crossroad. These four lanes include political, religious, moral, and cultural transitions. The plans for this new world order is to implement what has become known as the global reset, led by what I think is a false prophet pope from the Vatican with his occultic religion called climate change. And their plan is to control and dominate the world with an antichrist spirit. They're implementing six main progressive stages, and I believe we're in stage five right now. And I'll just run through these five stages very quickly if we can, and then we'll get into the word, to close it up. Number one, according to a timeline of tyranny by Dr. Michael Yaden, this is an incredible timeline. Um, phase one was to simulate a threat and create fear from December, 2019 through March, 2020. It included a pandemic from China, killing thousands globally. While position vaccination is the only vaccination is the only solution. Phase two, from March 2020 to December 2020, sowing the tears and division, imposing unconstitutional coercive measures, paralyzing trade and the economy, censoring dissident leaders, disqualifying all effective treatments, creating general panic, with the only hope being a rescue vaccine. Number three. From December 2020 to June 2021, phase three was to bring a treacherous and deadly solution, which included a free vaccine for everyone with the promise of protection and the return to normality. They established a herd immunization target, simulated a partial recovery of the economy, hid statistics of side effects and deaths from injections, spread the notion of a variant as a natural mutation of the virus, punished health professionals for illegal exercise of care and health. Phase four, June 2021 to October 2021, they installed apartheid in a QR code, which includes a voluntary plan for shortages, uh, imposed vaccination pass with a QR code to reward the vaccinated and punish the resistance. They took away the right to work and to study from non-vaxxed and refused basic services and imposed a PCR testing on non-vaxxed people. Phase 5, November 2021 to March 2022. Established chaos and martial law in some areas. In fact, in the state of uh, Washington, we now have the the Rockefeller uh, Strike Forces, uh, which is is arresting people, putting them in, in, in camps. This this law includes exploiting the shortage of goods and food, cause the paralysis of the real economy with the closure of factories and shops, let unemployment explode, apply a third dose of the vax with boosters, impose compulsory vaccination for all, arrest opposition leaders, impose digital identity on everyone with a QR code, with a birth certificate, driver's license, passport, insurance card, etc., Established martial law to defeat opposition, the result being the second stage of digital control, imprisonment, or removal of opponents. And finally, phase six, from March 2022 to September 2022, their plans were to cancel the debts and dematerialize the money. This will include triggering the economic, financial, and stock market collapse and the bankruptcy of the banks. To rescue the losses of the banks, to tie the accounts to the clients, activists, the Great Reset. Uh, activate the great reset, dematerialize money, cancel debt and loans, impose the digital wallet, seize properties, land band, all global medications, uh, confirm the publication to vaccinate semi-annually or annually impose food rationing and a diet based on the codex, uh, elementarius. extend the measures to emerging countries. The result will be the third stage of a digital control over the whole planet. So, uh, those are the negative points. They're not quite there yet. And God has his own reset plan. So let's talk about uh, right now. I just want to just give us a little bit of hope because we're watching something happen that the Bible talks about. In fact, there's a, there's a scripture, uh, in, in, uh, I think it's revelation. Uh, let me see revelation, uh, 1713. And I believe he says, for God has put it in their hearts. And here I believe he's talking about the 10 kings who give their their, uh, territories over to the Antichrist. But we're watching God do these things. He's allowing, he, he can put kings in and take kings out. He's still sitting on the throne. He holds everything in his hand. And we're on his timetable, and I praise God that he's in control. I have all my faith in him. I have no fear whatsoever. And God is still taking care of everything. This, uh, what we're seeing with the righteous remnant bride come together with this no fear and only faith, Revelation 18.4 says, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that ye may be not partakers of their sins, and that ye receive not her plagues. Psalm 94, 12, and 13 says, "Blessed is the one you discipline, Lord; the one you teach from your law. You grant them relief from days of trouble till a pit is dug for the wicked." Hallelujah! God's letting them dig their own pit, and we're about to see—we're <laughs> about to see great things. Haggai 2:7 says and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. He's about to fill the house with his glory. We're about to see the greatest move of God we've ever seen in the history of the world. In Titus 2, 11 through 15, it tells us how to live during these days. These are called the great days of shaking, and we're living in it. It's amazing that God has chosen us for Such a time as this to see the greatest move of God in the midst of the darkest hours when he moves. Titus 2, 11 through 15 says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope. And I just want to talk about hope for one second, Ezekiel 37, 23, because we have the hope of glory. We have the hope that the whole world is looking for. And in the darkest of all hours, this is when the Lord God Almighty himself will arise for the sake of his own name and will see the greatest harvest of souls ever. They shall not, Ezekiel thirty-seven twenty-three said, they shall not defile themselves anymore with their idols and their detestable things or with any of their transgressors. But I will save them from all the backslidings in which they have sinned and will cleanse them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Psalm 42 and 5 says, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. Psalm 62, 5 and 8, as we wrap this up. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Psalm 71:14, but I will hope continually and praise you yet more and more. Psalm 119, 114. You are my hiding place, my shield. I hope in your word. <clears throat> Psalm 147:11. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, and those who hope in his steadfast love. And quickly, just a couple more. Proverbs 10 28, the hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Proverbs 23, 28. Surely there's a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Zechariah 9:12, return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare I will restore to you double. Second Corinthians 1:10, He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we set our hope that he will deliver us again in Galatians 5, for through the spirit by faith, we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. Finally, Job, though he slay me, I hope in him, yet I will argue my ways to his face. I believe that God is cleansing his temple. I believe that he's allowing his bride to finally enter into that place of rest, that we don't strive. we, We rest in the finished work of what he accomplished on the cross, and i believe that he's infusing his bride with a backbone of titanium of faith was no fear we have zero fear only faith and god is going to use his people now to tell the testimony by the by the blood of the lamb of the word of our testimony we will see the greatest harvest of souls ever so i, I see all the darkness i see all of those things but when the darkness comes The light of the Lord will come and it will shine brighter. And I say today that God will give us the grace that we need. He will give us divine protection. He will give us divine provision. And he will use us as we tell about the faithfulness of his testimony. And I am so grateful that the Lord is a faithful God and that we serve him. And uh, Jim and, and Rosemary and Mario and all that are on the call tonight, we have the hope of glory in us. And when we, I, I just imagine this, I'll close with this. Just imagine going to the Sistine Chapel with um, Michelangelo. And he says, take this paint can, the spray paint can, and spray over my masterpiece your expression of my art. What would you do? And yet that is what Jesus has said to us. My masterpiece of the finished work of the cross. Uh, Through that cross, I have extended my mercy and my redemption. And through my shed blood, I've given you the grace. So take the testimony of my faithfulness in your life. And use that testimony like that spray paint can over the finished work of what I've completed. We have the greatest opportunity in the darkest hour to tell of the hope that comes with the good news of the gospel. And the, and the scripture says the good news of the gospel will be preached throughout all the world and then the end will come. We're just simply trying to, to uh, accelerate the end. And so I'm I'm grateful for this prayer call. I'm grateful for the prayer intercessors, the prayer warriors, everything is based in prayer. And so during these dark days, God's light is going to raise up stronger and stronger, and he's going to use you. He's going to use us. As the body of Christ, as we unite and begin to lift up Jesus, he'll draw all men unto himself. And I'm looking forward to the greatest revival of all time in the midst of all this stupidity. So praise God, he's still on the throne. Thank you,
2: Kevin. Just two quick uh, announcements and then two quick questions. Then we'll go to Mario and Ned for questions. Uh, The first one is if you are watching and you are trying to figure out how it is that Kevin seems to have a relationship with the Lord that you do not have and would like to have, in this moment, receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and simply pray in your own heart Dear Jesus, I need you. I want the faith that Kevin has. I ask you to come into my heart. I repent of my sins. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. Become the savior of my life, of my sins. Mm. I ask you to be Lord of my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. And if you're one who's praying that prayer right now to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, most important decision you'll ever make, and the only way I know to prepare you for what Kevin has described, I want to encourage you to contact me at info info at wellversedworld.org info at wellversedworld.org we'd like the privilege of encouraging you in your decision for christ a second thing and that is uh, kevin has set up perfectly for me to invite you all to the future conference we're going to deal with these issues in very practical ways at the future conference run by Wellversed in washington dc actually in arlington virginia july 20 21 and 22. Now, the second day, July 22, uh, 21, rather, that's a Thursday. That's the day we're going to deal with so many of these particular topics. You can go to wellversedworld.org, and then uh, scroll down a little bit. You'll see a future conference logo. Click on that one, and all the information is right there. Wellversedworld.org. Scroll down to, you'll see a logo for future conference. Click on that one. And then you look on day two in particular, and you'll see where we pray, prepare practically for some of the conditions that uh, Kevin has described. Kevin, I'm going to ask two questions. Uh, the first one, embellished a little bit more. I have no fear whatsoever. You said some of the people listening to you tonight perhaps felt some fear or might be feeling some fear. You said rather boldly, boldly, I have no fear whatsoever. Take just a moment to expand that. Then I want to go back to sort of a, a classic question of how should we then live? The Francis Schaefer question. What, what do we do practically in light of this other than the distinct cultivating of the relationship with Christ, which is foundational? But other than that, in the practical sphere, what would you admonish people to do in the in the really this is a, a freight train that's coming at us? at a pretty fast pace right now we all recognize Mm -hmm. if you would have said this these things two years ago two and a half years ago uh people would have tuned you out saying this guy is nutty you say it today people know uh, where we are enough to know they're listening to you very carefully so Mm -hmm. talk about the first one i have no fear whatsoever you said take just one minute at least to elucidate that and then go on to what can we do practically in light of this because you are a man who sought this through a great deal.
3: I think, you know, one of the greatest things that Jesus always said when he walked into the room or he came into a situation, he said, fear not, fear not. In John 15, he says, uh, don't fear these things. And he tells tells the disciples, he says, and he tells us in in John 15, he says, these things will happen in these last days. You will be persecuted. You know, I think that sometimes we think we're just going to come to Jesus and life is going to be a cherry blossom festival. But that's when the warfare starts. But Jesus said, fear not, for I've overcome the world. And so I don't fight this battle. It's his battle. I have all my faith in him. I don't have any fear because I have all, nothing but faith in Christ. We, we, we can do all things through him, all things, the Bible says. So why have fear? Fear is the opposite of faith. And, and we have faith, but no fear. And, and, and so I believe that when we uh, rest in the finished work of the cross, he's already won the battle. I mean, uh, the devil can't kill me. He can't scare me with heaven. I already died. You know, there's no such thing as a painless Pentecost. We have to go into the tomb and die. And once we've done that and we do it daily, then we have nothing. But his righteousness, and that doesn't come with fear and condemnation. It comes with joy and strength of the Holy Spirit. So if you, if you have fear and you don't have a strong faith, then you need the bold witness of the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to, And the only way to do that is we must first go into the tomb with Christ. And when we do, we are raised up with that resurrection power, And that is nothing that can take that fire away ever. And so I thank God for that, that faith that he gives us. And and secondly, in these times, uh, we are going through tough times. And there will be people that persecution will come. The scripture tells us what it will be like. But I think that I rest in this, you know, uh, his grace is sufficient and it is and whenever i start to have difficulties because i do i just begin to worship god and when i begin to worship him all this all everything the atmosphere changes you know philippians 4 uh, i think it's verses 4 through 9 says rejoice in the lord always again i say rejoice it says let your uh, reasonable, let me see if I can find it here. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto the Lord. But it, it, he, he talks about uh, keep your mind stayed on these things, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is worthy. Uh, th- these are the things that we think upon. And when we take every thought captive, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we, we don't live with fear. And his grace is sufficient, and we can make it. Times are tough, and we need each other. We need to encourage one another, pray for one another, hold each other up. And we don't need any more division in the body of Christ. We need to strengthen one another and uh, with the word. So I praise God. Uh, the church, we're not here to beat the church down. We're here to talk about the
0: church having its glorious best day. Amen good good mario what question would you have um uh, n- number one kevin thank you so much uh, the anointing of the lord that is the word of the lord for the hour and i was just remembering the times we had uh, uh years ago with your national day of repentance uh, strategy and then i was so proud of what happened at the return and then Uh, the strategy for GSA and when we co-hosted that event at the UN and all, all, even your personal life, it's all for this day. God has marked you, has called you. Um, as much as all the insight that you have with all the key players and leaders and all that information that you were able to impart, that second part of the hope of what what, what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church in America and the nations is so key. Um, I know God's opened a lot of venues. There's going to be a lot more. And, and I, I believe wherever you're called to speak, even if it's on all these other issues, Uh, The hope is so critical. I know you usually do have both sides of the coin. So thank you. I'm so proud of you and Donna and what God is doing. Um, So going back on the first part, uh, we do have questions. Um, Number one, would you rate between now and November as as a time frame? I remember when you were at the church, we were so concerned about an EMT attack. We're concerned about World War III potential nuclear attack a potential Corona 2.0 attack, bacteria virus. If you would take the five key things between now and November, what do you see really potentially happening to us here in America? Which is the number one, number two, number three, the likelihood of these things happening.
3: We have, we have a number of vulnerabilities. I think one of the greatest vulnerabilities, I worked with Trent Franks in Congress when he headed up the commission for EMP, and I also sat on the EMP task force with NATO and our allies with uh, uh, former head of the CIA, Jim Woolsey, and Major Stuckenberg, who was our leading war strategist at the Pentagon. So an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse Uh, Or even now, as we started seeing the news a lot more about coronial mass ejections. This is when our grid goes down. We have an Eastern connect grid, Western connect grid and Texas has their grid. And we saw what happened in Texas a few months ago, when the grids went down and people started having $1,000 utility bills and all this craziness that happened there. Unfortunately, in America, we have a Chinese uh, system in all of our transformers, our main transformers in America. So we have a vulnerability of a grid going down. If a grid goes down, it will take us two weeks to go from rail, from truck to rail. So cities like New York, if we had a miniaturized nuclear warhead shot from a shoulder-fired Scud missile on a cargo ship 20 miles off our shore with a low arc that we couldn't pick up, That would blow up over New York for say example, and then it wouldn't kill anybody, but the whole Eastern connect grid would go down. Like I just said, it would take two weeks to go from truck to rail. Uh, Cities like New York would be, who, who depend upon trucking for food every day, would find themselves in chaos in 24 hours. And so we'd be eating cold beans and weenies by candlelight if we had a candle. So that is a major concern. It's not gone away and the Obama administration never did anything about it. Secondly, we have uh, a nuclear uh, stockpile, and I worked with Frank Gaffney, as you know, at the Center for Security Policy. We worked on um, uh, nuclear deterrent issues and, and uh, uh, all kinds of unrestricted warfare with China, which included uh, potential, uh, their proxy, which is North Korea, which, with, which can fire a a uh, ICBM over Alaska and over the Antarctica and take out Chicago we found that out a couple of years ago I think I was called by Major uh, Dan New York to go into Colorado Mountain there and uh, Cheyenne and he had a he, he was the, the assistant commander at NORAD Northcom and we found out that North Korea had a two-stage ICBM and China's really, holds the nuke codes for North Korea. So a uh, little rocket man can't do much, but uh, without China, but the, the nuclear arsenal that we have is over 20 years old. There are questions about its usefulness. And so when we go to rearm it, 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 it won't look good. So we have some major vulnerabilities. And of course, this administration is decimating our military. And, uh, we just left, um, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of Arms in Afghanistan, so we're, we're, you know, they're, they're, they have those weapons now, and so we have a lot of vulnerabilities. And it's really the, the the church, prayers, the cries of his people that are going up is the only thing that's keeping us safe, I believe. So there's a lot of vulnerabilities, and and they they they're choking the supply chains uh, with the cruise ships, or not the cruise ships, but the cargo ships rather off the east coast. Same thing they did in in ancient Israel, you know they had uh, Bashan in the north and Gaza in the south, and they choked the, the supply chains on the Mediterranean. Uh, so we're seeing that same that same philosophy happening, and then we have China being very aggressive in the South China Sea and and uh, Taiwan, and, and and we see joint exercises with Russia and uh, China now. So uh, it, we're in dangerous times, and and, and we have uh, unfortunately we have. Uh, the
0: inmates running the asylum in Washington, forgive me. Um, uh, this new variant or a new coronavirus or bacteria, how likely is that? What do you know about that? Where will it start and how soon?
3: Well, I think it's already started. It's uh, it's pretty much shut down Shanghai. And um, I'm being told there's as many as 11 total uh, variants to this this virus. So We've
0: got a few more to go, unfortunately. It's variants of the original Corona uh, COVID-19. Yeah. Um, My last two questions sort of related, um, likelihood of martial law here, how would that uh, manifest? And are we gonna get to November and will there be fair elections? The only way we'll have fair elections is if
3: the machines are removed and we go back to a paper ballot with IDs and uh, you know, I I speak to Sydney Powell about that uh, quite quite a bit actually, and uh, she is is absolutely convinced that unless we go back to just paper ballots, Mike Lindell says the same thing to me. Uh, if we don't just go back to paper ballots and get rid of these machines, we'll never have a free and fair election. Um, and I forget the, the first part of the uh, question was,
0: yeah, martial law,
3: martial law. I, th- I think. I think you know we have. Um, I have to be careful what I say, but if if, if there if there was a, a dirty bomb or some kind of a nuclear explosion in a city, uh, and I won't name the cities, but there are cities that uh, there's alerts on for a dirty bomb. So if a dirty bomb goes off in a city, then what that really would allow this administration to do would go into a lockdown. And uh, unfortunately, they would probably buy for bringing in the blue helmets, and once the blue helmets are here, uh, you can't get rid of them, and that's a hard, that's that's something we don't want to see. Um, so we 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 also need to. Uh, I know. I think there's a thing happening at Daytona Beach. Honor the military and our law enforcement. We we they're defunding the police. I've never seen such a stupid thing in all my life, but. We have to honor these policemen who give their lives up every day to protect us. And so uh, the last thing we want are blue helmets coming into these borders.
2: Thank you. I so wanna make sure people understand what blue helmets means to find that for everyone.
0: The United Nations. Yep. Thank you so much, uh, Kevin. Back to you, Jim.
2: Ned? Ned, would you have,
0: you have a question?
1: Yes, I do. Um, obviously, uh, the situation is, is, in, is intense as far as the vulnerabilities and threats that are real out there in terms of this nation. You described that very well. Um, and, and whether or not one believes we're in a scenario where we are in the final, the final to the return of Christ and all this is inevitable, or if we're in a cycle of history where the spirit of antichrist is is at a at a peak and um we're going to go through some very difficult times how likely do you see it as the church waking up to this reality in in time to uh, in time to really begin to do what it needs to do to to evangelize to push back on evil where it, it where it really matters and to see it make an impact in these days do you feel like many will fall away and just be lost in the fray and then kind of a follow-up question of that in terms of this nation how likely do you see a scenario where states start to make moves to break off or we're in sort of a a civil war pre-civil war type scenario even greater than we are right now
3: let's hope we never go to a civil war situation i do know that in the state of texas there's a meeting happening which i've been invited to on the 9th, 10th, and 11th for Texas to write the legislation. I think it's with, uh, I don't want to say the senator's name right now, but uh, they're drafting legislation in the state of Texas to go back on the gold standard. I did have a conversation with Governor Lee and also with uh, Governor Abbott. So there's, uh, you know, you have some very strong Southern governors that when they, they get together, I just spoke with Mike Huckabee and I said, we need to get the governors together. And they need to publicly sign, although it's already in their oath, they need to sign a public document that the whole nation could see that they are standing with the Constitution to defend the Republic against both foreign and domestic enemies. And I think that Governor DeSantis and Governor Lee and Governor Abbott and, and other governors uh, would, would do that. And then that would put the onus on those other governors because the states have the rights. The states, if, if the states stand up, they can stand up to the federal government. I think there's also a, a thing called the fullness of time. Paul unpacks it in the scriptures. And it, people ask me all the time about the fullness of America. And I say, you know, the, there's a, is there a point where the, the cup of iniquity gets so full that, that America's uh, that, that we're, you know, at the point of, of, uh, you know, Revelation 3.2, John's uh, letter to the church of Sardis says, you have a reputation of uh, being alive, but you're actually dead. So revive that which remains because my work isn't done with you and repent or I'll come in an hour you know not of. So we do need to see a revival in the church coming back because the work of the church isn't done. But uh, I think there's the fullness of America is when uh, four things happen. And here's, here, here they are quickly in my mind's eye. Uh, God's sovereign purpose for the nation has been completed. I don't think that's the case. Number two, the inhabitants of the land reject the Bible and all of its principles. Uh, unfortunately, we have a left society that's trying to get rid of the Bible. They don't want God. They don't want Christianity uh, number three, the people in the nation no longer repent, and they harden their hearts toward the truth. Uh, I think we have half the country who doesn't even know what the word repentance means. Number four, uh, abominations are made legal and acceptable to the majority of people. We're seeing laws now when we when we change the um, you know the definition of marriage, and uh, we still have Roe versus Wade going on when these laws are abominations go against God, we're in trouble. So I'm not saying that when these four actions unite at the same time that the fullness has arrived, or that America, uh, you know, will cease to exist or be destroyed or anything like that. But I will say that uh, when national sins, unbelief, and the rejection of God's laws persist, according to the ancient patterns in uh, Israel, Uh, these following things occur and we're watching all five of these things occur. And here they are real quick. God will permit the nation to be surrounded by bad leaders. Number two, God will permit strangers to rise higher than his own people. Number three, God will deliver us to the will of those who hate us. Number four, God will permit economic challenges. And number five, God will lift his hand, allowing natural disasters. And the whole purpose of that is I call them redemptive judgment. God in his mercy allows us to come to this place so that we will repent. And regarding national disasters, I'll just say this real quick and wrap it up. And that's that's the, uh, um, there are four major national disaster potential scenarios that the military is looking at. In fact, last year, we just, we did a thing. You can look it up now because it's been declassified you can google it now it's called operation Shake and fury this happened last year the four potential uh geophysical disasters in america are the following number one is the new madrid fault line which is between it's on the mississippi between memphis and uh, st louis um and uh, that's a major fault line and if that happens the analysis that we came up with from military standpoint was uh a three million dead nine million refugees in the first 10 minutes of that earthquake and all the pipelines gas lines infrastructure everything from memphis to st louis would be wiped out it would be a major disaster number two is the um uh, uh the uh what's the word i'm looking for it's been a long day forgive me uh, the tectonic plate off the coast of seattle so everything Flush out to the sea, Uh, all of those people would would they wouldn't have time to even know it hit them, Uh, and it would be a disaster on the west coast. The third thing is the San Andreas fault line, which we we monitor with Nassau and other uh, properties that that are you know recording the the shaking that's really going on there, and it's pretty bad. And the fourth and final thing is the uh, super volcano in Yellowstone. And if that thing blows, and it, and they're saying that it's the activity is now greater than ever before, we could have a nuclear winter or a, a half an inch of volcanic dust over our, our breadbasket, we would have no crops, and, and uh, this this country would be in a tremendous famine. The other thing that we're monitoring uh, with the military is the aquifers under the state of Texas in the breadbasket, and in about 15 years, those aquifers will be drained. So we will, we will see a dust bowl in Texas and we'll see famines and pestilence. Uh, we won't. We'll either have to make the decision to use water for electricity or water for uh, crop irrigation. So that's a major point that uh, you can look up and study yourself. Uh, water is going to be a major shortage. So water is going to be important. And we're working on on uh, systems now to to, uh, to, to to take care of that situation, and there's been some great advances with proprietary patents and things like that. So, these are all concerns, and they're all biblical. and And we're, you know, we'll see them, but we'll live through them. and And uh, God, God's our protect. I mean, I hide in the cleft. That's that's the place I want to be. Uh, Kevin, I have a
2: question. Uh, it's uh, it's not statistical. It's going to be anecdotal. Uh, Barna's research would, would have shown that about 15,000 churches have a biblical worldview. Out of the 324,000 Protestant churches, about 15,000, pretty small number. Having gone through what we've gone through in the last two years, a COVID, uh, the, the, the riots in the cities, CRT forced in schools, um, secularism on the rise, transgenderism, etc. World Economic Forum being more known by people. The church I attended today, the pastor openly spoke the name Klaus Schwab from the pulpit uh, enough so he didn't even explain who that was. And so people are coming aware of world economic forum, globalism, etc. Do you think that that has increased the number of pastors with a radical commitment to a biblical worldview? Or has it remained static or was there even a cowering during COVID where they were scared? They're scared. And they all shut down when they shouldn't have been. In such a way that are, that number fifteen thousand has gone down. Has it gone up? Has it gone down? Do you think it's static?
3: What insight
2: would you have into that?
3: I think this shaking, especially with COVID, is, is you know we saw several churches close down. I I believe that um, uh, we saw, not only saw them close down and they're never going to come back. I believe we started with an Acts two church, and I believe we're going to end up with an Acts two church. The. Um, uh, Preaching the full counsel of God's word in love and compassion, not in judgment, will, will get you uh, thrown in jail for hate speech now. So if you, for example, if you, if Paul says, Paul says, if you're an idolater, if you're homosexual, if you're uh, uh, an adulterer, or you're if you're any of these things, you will not have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. I didn't say that. Paul said it. But if you preach that in the pulpits today, it's called hate speech, and you'll be arrested most likely. So that's already happened. So it, it, the way it is, the way that I can say it is if, if uh, and the more you preach the full counsel of God's word, the smaller your church may get. But the truth is, if you're my neighbor, and your house is on fire And if I really am a good neighbor, I'm going to break your window. I'm going to call the the fire department. I'm going to make sure you wake up and get out of that burning house. If I didn't love you, i just let you burn in your house. And so uh, when we preach the full counsel of God's word with compassion and love, not judgment, um, it's a sad state of affairs that if you do that today, it's called hate speech. So the spirit of intolerance, which was the principality over Rome, tolerance is prevalent in the church, you know, today, in fact, all of those principalities that were over Egypt, which was, you know, bondage and slavery and Greece was secular humanism and, and uh, you know, Media persia was abominable laws. All of those principalities that were over those kingdoms are alive and well in America today. And so, We do have the Black Road Brigade, people like Paul Blair and Rick Scarborough and many people that are going, trying to raise up pastors who are willing to stand in the pulpit and preach the full counsel in love and compassion. And uh, they seem to be harder and harder to find. So I'm praying for our pastors to get a backbone of steel and stand in the pulpit and do the right thing. And God will, you know, when they preach under the anointing, and that's another thing. We need anointed men of God. We don't need gifted men. You know, Saul is a parallel of the end time church. Saul uh, lost his anointing. And um, there's nothing worse than seeing a gifted man uh, not have an anointing. A gifting can bless a crowd, but the anointing breaks the yoke and brings deliverance. We, 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 we love gifted pastors, but we need anointed pastors, to deliver the word with truth. And, and when they do, um, the Lord, the, you know, the Holy Spirit works. We're going to have
2: on uh, World Prayer Network very soon, I'm going to try to pronounce her name right, Pivey Rasanen. She's the member of parliament from Finland, a medical doctor, wife of a pastor, who simply, I think, put a post out, uh, a social media post, and, and quoted scripture on homosexuality. So it was drugged to do a trial. The trial lasted a period of the trial. Preparative trial lasted a long time. The trial then exonerated her. She was found innocent. But now they, uh, the government's going to appeal because they were trying to throw her in prison for six years for quoting what the scripture said on homosexuality. So we'll be having her as a guest on our program here fairly soon. <clears throat> but that yeah. is a reminder of what you have just talked about. I think, um, Kevin, we're going to go to prayer right now, but uh, we'll actually worship first. But you have uh, helped set the stage powerfully and, and really uh, in, in a remarkable way you covered an enormous amount. I you and I can talk privately whether this is a possibility, I, I would like to obviously take this and shoot it out as a link uh, to many people who are not on right now send it out across the country. Um, but also maybe we'll include an outline of what you've covered if that's at all feasible. You can let me know whether that's feasible or not. If it's not, I sure understand. But this has been extremely informative. What you have covered before we go to that worship, uh, Mario and Ned, is there anything you want to ask right now before we go to Alan for
1: uh, worship? Mario, and Ned, I'm I'm good. It's been it's okay. been very comprehensive. Okay, Mario. Same
2: here. Okay. I just feel like i need to pause for a moment i gave an invitation moment to receive christ and with the kind of message that kevin just gave which was truth uh, he could if we needed him to he could back up every sentence he said he could document it and footnote it so what he said was truth and i talked about receiving christ as savior a little bit later kevin talked about the fullness of the holy spirit i want to encourage you these moments that we're moving into these these times these seasons we're moving into a nation we're going to have to be relying on the holy spirit's power and presence in our lives in ways like we never have we cannot make it without the fullness of the holy spirit and so if you're one who's wondering if that is an experience yet in him you have had then you invite him the holy spirit I invite you to baptize me, to overwhelm me, to consume me, to come into me, to fill me with your presence. Invite him even this moment. And when we get off this call later after the prayer, get alone with God, put on some worship music and just sit before him alone for a few moments and say, Holy Spirit, do to me what you need to do to me to prepare me for what is to come, so I can hear from you, know you, and know your voice, be full, be baptized with your spirit, Holy Spirit, come upon every hungry heart right now, who longs for the full presence of you in their life, I pray, in the mighty name of Yeshua, Amosia, amen.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that Wellversed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wellversed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.